Hello, friends. Welcome back to the podcast. Before we get into anything today, I just want to express how important it is for all of you who are able to go out and vote. There's still some time left. Please go out and do your part. Let's make some awesome change for our country and try to move things in a better direction. Today's episode is brought to you by From Within Records, such an awesome label. I love the fact that they're staying busy. They just announced that they're putting out new records from MH Chaos out of Chicago and a new record from Warren coming out of the Scranton Wilkes-Barre area. Super stoked to hear new music from both those bands. So please keep an eye out on those new records coming out in 2021. More recently, From Within Records just announced that they're putting out the demo tape for a band called Striker coming out of Argentina, which is super awesome. I love international hardcore. So please, if you haven't taken the chance, go to Striker's Bandcamp. I'll link that in the show notes and check out the two songs that they have out. Super awesome. I'm a huge fan of Mortal Kombat. I love fighting games in general, but I love the, the theming. I love the sound clips from Mortal Kombat. Super awesome. So if you're a fan of that, check it out. Super awesome. On today's episode, we managed to track down Vince. He plays drums for Military Gun and also plays for Modern Color. Fan of Modern Color. I love to see how hard that band works. Seems like before the pandemic, they're always on tour. So it was always awesome to hear that they're playing in a different part of the country or even a different part of the world. And it was always a treat to be able to see them back at home. Last time I saw them, if I can remember correctly, was in Fullerton at the Dare tape release show, which was super awesome. If you haven't, please go check out Modern Color. They just put out a new record earlier this year titled From the Leaves of Your Garden, my favorite record from them. So I highly recommend you guys go check them out. And also, if you haven't had a chance to check out Military Gun, go check them out. They just put out a record titled My Life is Over, which is cool. Love that band, too. So please, like I said, if you've never heard of those bands or haven't had a chance to check them out, please do yourself a favor. Hit pause here. Check them out. Come back to the conversation. You'll thank me later. But talking to Vince was so fun. The history of the bands was super fun to hear about. Also, I love being able to talk to him about his other endeavors. If you guys have heard of Twitch, if you have a Twitch account and you're not yet subscribed to Vince's channel, help him out. He's trying to get to affiliate. He might be affiliate by the time this comes out. Who knows? But help push him to get to partner level or wherever he wants to go. Just go check out his stream. I'll link that in the show notes below. So strap in, enjoy this conversation. And without further ado, welcome Vince to the show. Welcome to the podcast, Vince. What's up, dude? Dude, not much. Just... Oh, yeah, no problem. The, the pleasure's all mine. Uh, obviously, I, I've seen you around a bunch, but this is uh, pretty cool to finally be able to sit down and actually get to talk to you for the first time. So thank you. Yeah, for real, especially during this uh, weird time with like very rare real social interaction, even though this is a not a physical social interaction, but you know. Yeah, I yeah, in in weird ways, uh, our whole situation with the pandemic has actually brought a lot of people to the podcast. Uh, just w with them having free time in their schedule and uh, wanting to actually come and sit down and talk, so 
it's uh, been like a weird blessing. Like obviously this whole thing sucks in, in general, but uh, you know, getting to talk to people like you and, and other people that I've been uh, wanting to have on the podcast for a while, it's, it's been cool. Yeah. Hell yeah, man. I think a lot of people are like having downtime and uh, even though we're like super far apart, I feel like people are brushing up on like hitting up people that they haven't hit up in a while or, you know, getting to things that they've been wanting to get to, which is cool. That's like a, a little light out of all this downtime and obviously everything else that's going on in the world. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm always down to talk. I, I love talking, especially about music. Uh, obviously like we have that in common. And then just the fact that I get to just uh, pick the person's brain and get to know them on like a whole nother level. That's like one thing that I love about doing this whole podcast. Yeah. Same for me, man. Thank you again for having me on for real. Okay. So for people, for people that don't know, uh, you, uh, drum for modern color, which is, uh, you know, right. uh, pretty popular, uh, in all parts of the world, which is, uh, insane to think about. And then I know, yeah, you, oh, I'm sorry. And I, I know you also drum for that band military gun, right? Right. And then are, are you playing anything else? Cause you, you seem uh, like, like you're really busy. Uh, not, I play in, in some, some other bands. I feel like a lot of people play in a lot of different bands in, in the scene, but, um, I have some other bands that aren't as active. I play in a death metal band called, uh, cold curse and then i play in another like no warning type hardcore band called uh resonate but um right now like the main projects are definitely modern color and military gun hell yeah that's like resonate um was uh tiernan in that band yeah how do you know tiernan uh, you know what's funny is um so i i have this friend um he might be embarrassed that i'm mentioning him on air but uh andy weaver yo Andy Weaver's a homie too. Hell yeah. Okay. So, um, Andy and I used to uh, be coworkers. That's how we officially met. But then, uh, you know, just working together, we became friends. And then, uh, yeah, one day we just ended up hanging out with, uh, Zach Cohen, right? Zach Cohen. Zach, dude, yo, these are literally some like day one homies that you're naming. So this is cool. Oh, really? Okay. Th th that's awesome. But yeah. Okay. So I was at, um, like a, a resonate practice. I, I think it was resonate. Yeah. Uh, it was before some show. Th this was like a, a while ago, but, um, Wait, really? yeah, I don't yeah. know. I can't remember, but yeah. Okay. So, but, but I remember Tiernan's in that band because th th that's how I know of them, but that's crazy. I, I, know yeah. I, I had no idea that, that you played in that band, but that's sick. Yeah, it's actually, uh, it started out as me and Tiernan and then our homie Hunter from, who plays in this band called Absence of Mind. Mm -hmm. And, um, uh, fuck, who else was in it at that point? Chris from Modern Color, who plays bass in Modern Color. He plays bass in Resonate. And then eventually, uh, Fleming from MC, who plays guitar, also joined Resonate. Now it's kind of a, a defunct thing. We haven't played in a while because Hunter moved back to Texas with everything going on. And oh, wow. It's just, generally slow for sure damn that's crazy well, i had no idea but that's sick yeah uh, Tiernan was always really nice whenever i i talked to him so shout out to Tiernan. and that's my brother man i yeah. love that guy that's sick um you, you mentioned chris can, can i tell you how i uh, found out about modern color yeah so um, I, I mentioned that I used to work with um, Andy Weaver. Uh, worked for, uh, he still works for, for the company, but I left a couple of years ago. But um, one day I uh, was at work and they're like, yo, like we need you to drive the U-Haul up to Chatsworth to drop off some stuff. Uh, and I was like, damn it. And everybody hated the killer merch to, to killer merch. Yeah. And, oh and that was like the one thing that everybody hated doing because it was like the middle of the afternoon and to get from Costa Mesa out to Chatsworth and then to come back. That's like, 
a three-hour drive, like at least. Yeah, it was it was always a mission, so nobody wanted to do it, but they're like, "Yo, like it, it's your turn." Because like we would try to like rotate, because uh, it was just such like a chore. So it was my turn to go, and I had to drive like this giant U-Haul. It wasn't like your normal size U-Haul; it was like a bigger sized one, and there was no backup camera or anything. So I was like super nervous, and I was like, "All right, fuck it, like I'll just go and do it. Like it, it can't be that bad." And I remember I, I pulled up to uh, Killer Merch, and I. I, I I pulled into the dock, but the U-Haul was too low for the dock. So um, I forget the guy's name who's in charge, but he's like, yo, like you got to pull into the actual like yard. And I remember I was backing in and I hit the fence and, Bye. and like, there was a bunch of people that were like outside, like on break, I guess. And like, I hit the fence, made a loud noise and like everybody like looked and I was so embarrassed. Um, but then eventually I, I got the U-Haul into the yard and, the, the guy in charge like asked everybody to help me unload because I, I think it was a bunch of like Jeffree Star stuff. So uh, he's yeah. like, yo, like, like help him unload. So I was just like throwing boxes and throwing boxes. And I was wearing some sort of hardcore shirt. I can't remember at this point. But uh, Chris, um, you know, acknowledged it and was like, yo, like you should check out my band called Modern Color. And I was like, all right, cool. Like if you're playing the band, I'll, I'll check it out. Like, you know, not a big deal. So like, that's how I found out about Modern Color because I went to Killer Merch sure. and Chris was one of the people like helping me like unload this giant U-Haul and he just like pitched his band. And I was like, all right, that, that's cool. That's sick. That's how it, it always works around here. I actually used to work at fucking uh, at Killer Merch too, with Chris, um, but I left to like try other shit and work in the food industry and be a wage slave somewhere else. For sure. Yeah. It, it was always yeah. It was always weird vibes because like obviously uh, I, I worked at a different merch company, so when I pulled up there, I, I didn't really know how things worked. So I was always just trying to be on like my best behavior and didn't want to like, you know, get in trouble. Cause obviously the bosses like, you know, communicated and were friends. Right. Yo. And also I, I wouldn't be too embarrassed cause I, I wouldn't, I'm not going to name any names, but uh, I know a few people there who have um, hit some gates and some fences too. So <laughs> okay. you're good. And mm-hmm. in, in much worse ways too. Yeah. So you're all good. Okay. For sure. Yeah. But it was just like, cause I, I before like I had the car that I have now never had a backup cam so I would never like parallel park I'd always just try to find a nice easy spot to get into when I was faced with that challenge of getting this giant ass U-Haul and I was just like so embarrassed and so nervous and I I was so surprised that I actually got it in there it builds character that those are always like the worst gigs especially when working for like warehouse type companies is when they make you drive those big rigs and big trucks and shit Especially with no like, like no one no one drives that on like a daily basis, you know. So it's like you're hopping into some hot situation. Yeah, and one of the worst things was the it was like a, just a U-Haul, so it's not going to be fancy or anything. And there was like no Bluetooth for the stereo, so I had to roll up the windows and I would just play music like off of my my phone and just have it in the cup holder to try to get some sort of echo. It was yeah, it, it was terrible. Right. Yeah, but. I'm curious about you because I'm um, you're a talented drummer. Uh, how did you get into playing that instrument? Um, so I met this dude named Sean Ivy in the fifth grade. Okay, and uh, he used to kick it with this other dude named Daniel Bowers. Those two were like, um, like Sean. Sean, both of them were my really good friends. Daniel was a little bit of a wild person, so like, um, we not necessarily didn't get along, but we, we butt heads a lot. So I, I have less memories with him, but, uh, Sean was my good friend. 
and um, they always jammed together. Like Daniel had this kit that uh, he had in his his garage, but he played guitar a lot, and um, they always talked about like making this band. And uh, Sean was also initially the one who got me into listening to this like general style of music because he gave me some burn cds and those cds were like uh like lincoln park chevelle corn limp biscuit system of down a lot of those things avenge sevenfold like he he got me way into a7x which is a really funny little chapter of my life but um those two being so like like they were already like in my mind like rockers you know what i mean like and I wanted to fucking, I wanted to be in their band or like jam with them somehow. Um, and at the time, the only thing that I played was piano because my parents, uh, they just, that was the only thing that they'd really like put me through in terms of music. Um, so I was like, I, I got to jam with these guys somehow. So uh, I don't know how like I picked the drums, but it, it just came up and I was just like, I'm going to figure this out and, and play in their band. And uh, eventually, that's that's like literally how I started. Okay, I, I'm curious about the the piano. Did, did you stick with it, or are you still able to play it today? Oh, 100 percent. Like I have, I have more of an appreciation for it today than I did back then. I stuck with it for a while. Um, I played it up until like maybe like freshman or sophomore year of high school. I took lessons from this uh, this crazy strict Russian lady. But it was a very like formative time, I think, in my musical career because there was a lot of discipline involved for sure that um that helped me with just music overall. And I'm curious if if you can remember when you first started, like how long did it take until you actually started taking an interest in learning? Because obviously, I, I I can imagine being like a young kid and you know being sent somewhere by your parents and not really wanting to do it and wanting to, to do other right. things. So can you talk about like what that was like? Oh, for piano? Yeah. Um, piano, you know, like I have a lot of a lot of bad memories, honestly, like growing up, like um, it was just it was like a weird thing because like I really I had this like creative spark that I felt all the time, but it, it just wasn't clicking with piano because um, I felt like I was being forced to learn a curriculum that I didn't like I just had no interest in like a lot of a lot of it was like classical training. And it was very strict. Like my mom would, um, like we had, we used to have this grand piano in my house. My mom would set the oven timer and she'd be like, while this, like during this whole hour, you have to be playing piano. I have to be practicing. And I would, I remember like crying cause I, I don't know why, but I fought back against it so hard. I was just like, I, I don't want to sit here and play all this like stuff. But looking back on it, it kind of like, that strict discipline helped me form my own kind of like musical values and the way that I want to like learn things and be serious about things. If that makes sense. Yeah. I, I kind of get that, but I'm, I'm curious with you learning the the piano, did any of those skills outside of like, um, you know, having that discipline, uh, did it translate to any of the, like you playing any other instruments? A hundred percent. Piano is very like a, an ambidextrous thing where you have to split your left and your right hand. There's a lot of things where, um, uh, like, there's a, a pedal on the piano that makes uh, makes the notes resonate. So, like, if you just played, if you just pressed a, a note on the a key on the piano, it would just it would resonate as long as you uh, 
held the note down and then um, you you hold this pedal down and it kind of makes it resonate for longer after you hold the keys down so it's a lot of like you're using your feet you're using your, your both hands doing doing different things and a lot of like the a lot of that mentality I guess translated directly to drumming where it's like I'm doing different things with my feet and my hands I'm kind of having to like think about more of an overall like what am I doing with my whole body you know what I mean you know it's funny is I I I love listening to uh you know the piano I've I watch like random like YouTube videos of like people covering songs that I like on the piano I've uh, played like the synthesizer in like an old like pop punk band and I've always wished I I could learn to play but obviously I I never took any lessons and trying to learn on my own I just never had the discipline to actually learn how to play Uh, and it's just like it always just like seems so like far off and so difficult because yeah like you're using like you know both hands and then your feet for the pedal and I was like damn I can't control like my body that good to to do it and it's just like so like mind-blowing and I, I think it's so amazing like when people can like play the piano or any keyboards like well it's always fun for yeah. me to watch same here i love it i i wish i like paid a little bit more attention because i still have like <clears throat> some knowledge of it and like i retained some of the skills but if i had concentrated and gave my 100 percent like i do with drumming i definitely would be better or at least like more capable but i appreciate it a lot i like i like the way that pianists write things because it's so like they're doing like multiple things with with two hands and in ways that a lot of other instruments couldn't stand up you know like you couldn't you couldn't really listen to a lot of other instruments alone like the way that you can with piano like you can listen to piano and with just one person they're they're doing so many different parts if that makes sense like guitar is a little bit similar you can listen to guitar alone but like it's i don't know Piano is, is a very unique instrument, I feel like. Yeah, what, when I think of guitar, I always, um, I, I don't know if it's because I'm conditioned, but I, I think of like a full band and like I, I, I want to hear other instrument, instruments with it as well. But uh, right. yeah, but with the piano, it could be with like a whole like orchestra or it could just be by itself. Like either way to me is like perfectly fine. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Usually mm-hmm. like guitar has a lot of other accompanying things that like create a more full sound, but a lot of um, pianists like can create a full sound with just themselves, which is cool. Okay, so uh, have you th- like, ever thought about like developing your skills more w- with piano? Because obviously, you're uh, w- a lot of us have free time now to expand on hobbies because of the whole pandemic. And obviously, you're really good at the drums. So, do you ever think about like you know putting some time aside for uh, getting better at the piano? Definitely, I have a I have a keyboard in my. Uh in my room so it's like i have an electric um setup that has a lot of cool sounds and that i fuck around with um i've probably been slacking like it was definitely a goal at the start of the pandemic but i'm I'm slacking on it mm-hmm. um but i definitely want to brush up and eventually like in my head i wanted to write some music that i could release alone where it was like me playing piano and the drums and that kind of thing who knows? I'm still I'm still kind of fleshing it out and feeling it out. Yeah. And, you know, I, I feel like you should just do it if it feels right. Because for, for me, whenever I, I, I do anything, if I feel like any like weird pressure and like I'm not like fully committed, I just don't even want to do it. Right. 
I, I do feel a little bit of, of like almost anxiety when I think about doing a project like this, but I think it's because one, I know I'm slacking on practice. So I need to pick that up just cause like in my head, if I'm like doubting whether I can create or like convey the message I'm trying to get across, like, I feel like that's always like, I'm just lacking practice. And then a little bit is just like committing to the actual idea of doing something like this. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like, I feel like, uh, talking about it is different than, you know, obviously straight up just jumping into it. I need to jump into it a little bit more. I've been doing a lot of talking. No, I, I definitely know how it is like before. So I, I've been on like, it's a weird stretch or weird stretches of vacation. And I started to, uh, try to learn Korean, just learning how to speak it. And right. I, I was doing like daily lessons and then I went on vacation and then I came back and I, I worked like half a week of work. And then I was, uh, you know, and then I left again and I, I'm still on vacation and I'm just like super lazy right now. And it's just like, fuck, I need, I need to get back on, uh, trying to learn this language. Cause I, I, I just had this, you know, time off and it was fun and, but I'm back home and, and I'm fine. And I, I just need to start like kind of getting back into like organizing my time better instead of just being in vacation mode. Yeah, that's that's a big thing with all this free time too. Like before, it's like when I'm touring twenty four seven. Like I have the uh, the benefit of just falling back on the touring schedule. Like I got to be here the next day. Like there's no there's no self management in a sense. But now I have all this free time and I'm completely in control of it. So that's like like <laughs> I want to play video games or something. You know what I mean? But I should be practicing and shit. So yeah, that's something I gotta, I gotta get get ahead of. Okay, so you um, obviously playing Modern Color. I'm curious if you can talk about uh, how you guys formed that band because I, I have a lot of questions. I'm just so curious about your band. Yeah. Um. So that that dude Sean that I told you about, uh, we ended up starting a, a few bands, but one of the bands that we started it was called uh, There's No Heroes after this band called uh Catherine on Rise Records because okay. we were super into fucking like like post hardcore of that kind and like metalcore of that era. Um but we started a band called There's No Heroes and Fleming who plays uh guitar and sings in Modern Color was originally um the vocalist of that band. Like uh, like a screaming metalcore frontman. So if you can imagine that like contrast to what he's doing now it's pretty funny um so that's how it started he always played guitar he actually wrote a lot of guitar for that band as well um but it was like behind the scenes he's writing guitar and then uh everywhere else he's like the front man of the band so we took that band um for a long a long time like uh we played with a lot of different people i don't know if you know this dude Corey wells he uh he plays He's like a like a like a dashboard confessional type dude on Pure Noise, but uh, he used to play in in that band as well. Okay. Um. Yeah, it's it's a weird. It was a weird time. We we learned a lot in that band. Like we we played a lot of our like early shows where I was learning how like pre-sale worked and how to like book shows and talk to promoters and like. Like we, we basically started that band in like seventh grade or something like eighth grade to seventh grade. So like, like at the same time of us, like 
starting that band were also learning about the scene. So like that, that whole band was like a whole bunch of like learning experiences. So, um, when that band ended was when we started modern color, but it wasn't exactly like a straight transition into what we're trying to do now. Originally, Modern Color was supposed to be like the continuation of all the metalcore ideas that we were trying to do at the time. Um, so I don't know. It's it's hard to explain everything because so many things came together for Modern Color to happen. We were listening to a lot of like metal and metalcore at the time, but then we were listening to bands like Animals as Leaders and like Chon and uh like the faceless fail maya those kinds of bands and those bands in particular i feel like had a very um big influence on fleming like fleming's guitar writing so fleming wanted to write a lot of this like more like uh melodic type like metalcore but like that had like an animals as leaders type feel to it i'm not like this wasn't what he was exactly saying this is just me like reflecting on all the things that he was trying to do back then. And we, me and him, we always fucking, uh, we jammed together. We've been jamming together since like he was 13 and I was, uh, 16 and I'm, I'm turning 27 in like two weeks. So it's been a while. Um, so yeah, like a lot of these ideas that we wanted to play at the time, I think we just couldn't do in the band that we were in. So we wanted to start something new and that was Modern Color. But when Modern Color first started, it ended up sounding somewhere between like Shy Halud and like Counterparts. Because we had all these like metalcore ideas that we wanted to try out, but we also wanted to play more melodic stuff like Animals as Leaders and Chan and like that kind of weird mixture. And I wanted to play a lot of blast beats and like, I don't know. It was a weird thing when Modern Color first started. Um, so. There's No Heroes Broke Up, Modern Color Started. This is like maybe like 2013 or 2014. So we took we took There's No Heroes for a long fucking time, like from seventh grade all the way up until like maybe my like senior year in high school. Um, and then we started out with Modern Color and at the time it was just me and Fleming and then two other dudes. Um, and for some reason, like we, we wrote and recorded an album. We, we, uh, put that out. And then for some reason we fell apart for like a year, but in that year Fleming was like, we always do. We're always listening to different things. Um, I'd say like in, in 2011 or something, I started to get into like turnstile and trapped under ice and a lot more hardcore like I didn't really start out like as a hardcore kid, but um, something something clicked and something changed and metalcore got like super stale. A lot of the shows we were playing, I remember, were like like just bands playing the same shit, and that got super old to us. So we were we we're looking for new things. So I found a lot of like new energy in hardcore, and I think Fleming did too. And then through hardcore, I found Title Fight, which is um a big influence on MC for sure. And for Fleming too. And like all this new, like I hadn't, I hadn't listened to title five before, I think, cause I was something about the name, something about the people who listened to it at the time 
turned me off for some reason. And then when I started listening to more bands through hardcore, um, that all changed. And I realized it's just good music. And then, I don't know. I think that was when we changed to what Modern Color is now. But, yeah. It's a lot of fucking rambling. I don't know. No, it's no, it's, it's explain like the exact origin because so many things came together and it was it was honestly just like us growing up at the time as like cheesy as that sounds no i i totally get it obviously there's like um because this is basically it just sounds like you being in this band with um fleming you guys been at it you, you mentioned since the seventh grade and seventh grade till 2020 that's a whole lot of fucking time to try to you know break down how you know things fell apart and came together so i uh totally get it and i, I feel like you you know, you know uh, kind of broke it down the best that you can but but it makes sense because when i uh you know met chris in that u-haul and he told me to check out the band I uh, you know couldn't really put my finger on how I would describe Modern Color like when I would uh, you know tell people uh, about the band or people would ask me uh, you know what like oh what do they sound like I'd just be like I don't know I, I can't really tell you you got to just go and listen to it and figure it out for yourself because it's, it's it's always hard um, when there's a band out there who's just kind of um, doing their own thing and you can't really just like put them in a generic box like oh that band is like a pop punk band or that's like a heavy band or, or, or whatever so when it came to you guys yeah. it was always just like you know um, i feel like you guys just had like your own interesting sound and um i, I just could never you know just give you guys a, a generic label so I, I always just encourage people to go and listen to the band and just kind of figure it out for themselves right um but damn i i didn't realize um you and Fleming had been together for for that long, you know, writing music, and even to this day, that, that that's so insane. Because to... yeah, I mean, everybody in Modern Color, uh, we've been friends for a very long time, mm-hmm. and we come from the same inner circle. Like Chris, who plays bass, um, same inner circle. Like we've been friends since middle school, playing in bands together or like around each other. Chad, I met in high school. He was playing in in different bands. We uh we played in a band in high school together. Like, so all these, all the people in MC, we have like a strong bond over time. And I feel like that definitely adds to like the character of our music. And like, like you say, like you can kind of see it through our releases. Cause a lot of it has changed just with how we've grown. That's why it's kind of hard to explain like the exact origin. Cause so much has happened really. Like the band was, was me and Fleming at first. And then, Chad and Chris didn't come until later and that's like its own story, but it's cool. It's cool how everything has come together for sure. Yeah. And I find it interesting that, uh, and I, I don't know if it was by design, but um, modern color is one of those bands that's uh, so closely tied to hardcore that you guys are playing all sorts of different hardcore shows, which is always cool. Cause I, I feel like when bands like modern color or look at bands like citizen turnover, title fight uh who are like you know closely uh and like associated with hardcore they tend to stick out more than like you know just um all the other um you know hardcore bands going on at the moment right so like yeah it wasn't really it was like half intentional like this hardcore was definitely like like when i explained how metalcore was kind of getting super stale for me at the time like a lot of the bands that i knew or it wasn't it wasn't so much that it was just like the bands that were around at the time, the shows that were around at the time, it got super stale. But then I had always heard about like hardcore shows or I had always seen hardcore shows and the energy seemed to be like 
like that's where I wanted to be, you know what I mean? So when we started Modern Color, um, I didn't necessarily want to be a hardcore band and I didn't want to pose as like a hardcore kid, you know what I mean? So um, I just, I don't know. I went to a lot of hardcore shows by myself. I went to, I, I like spent time making friends with people, talking to people. Um, for a while I was booking hardcore shows and trying to do my own thing. Like when Modern Color first started, nobody wanted to book us. So that led me into trying to figure out how to book my own shows. And then when I, when I figured that out, I just started booking shows outside of Modern Color just to like help everybody out to build more of like a community, more connections that I could, uh, hit up when, when Modern Color was, uh, doing more things. And it wasn't, you know, I'm not necessarily talking about this in like a social ladder kind of way. I was just like, in my head, it would benefit Modern Color if I tried like to be an actual part of the community that I wanted to be in, you know what I mean? And hardcore at the time had the energy and the culture that I think I it just like it drew me in, you know what I mean? Like these people are passionate about the music and it wasn't as like, like show offy as like, I felt like metalcore was getting, especially with like a lot of the animals as leaders type, like stuff. Like it was just like less like showing off and more like, we're here because we love the music and we want to go as crazy as we can. Like, I love that. I think I went to like, um, like a backtrack lost in life CD release show at Aladdin juniors. And like, it, it was just crazy. Like the energy was fucking cool and it, it drew me in immediately. So when, when modern color first started, like it wasn't intentional. Like I want to be, I want Modern Color to be a hardcore band, but I knew that we would have a lot of friends in hardcore and that like we would definitely like help each other out. You know what I mean? For sure. No, I, I totally get that. It it seems like when, uh, like I mentioned, like Modern Color and all those other bands that I brought up earlier uh, who play hardcore shows, it, it seems like when the community gets behind those types of bands, they give it like, you know, 100% support and try to do their best to, you know, push them as far as they can, like, you know, even outside of hardcore, just want to uh, blow them up and see them success. So it, it, yeah. it's always cool. So I, I, I appreciate that about hardcore. Like if, if a band that isn't like your, your traditional hardcore band playing these shows, like there's going to be kids who uh, like other types of music and will support those bands that stand out. Yeah, and that's what we saw and, and appreciated too. Like MC will play literally any show, like t and sometimes to our detriment, we'll, <laughs> we played some weird shows, but we'll play with anybody. We have no uh, no preconceived notions or like no no prejudice prejudice against anybody. Like I think that that's also helped us um, and helped other people who are outside of of what we are as a band, kind of like embrace us and bring us in a little bit, you know. You mentioned Aladdin Jr. I missed that venue. I, I've seen some crazy shows in there. So just uh, hearing anybody mention that venue, it always just bums me out when I think about uh, like all the cool shows that used to happen there. And obviously uh, there are reasons why shows don't happen there anymore, which suck. But it was such a cool yeah. venue. And I always love the nights where uh, I would have tickets to a show at Aladdin Jr. and whatever was going on at the Glass House. And I could just bounce yeah, exactly. Bounce just go down between, the street real quick. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it was a cool location. Just you know, uh, driving out to Pomona, it wasn't that far from Orange County, and it, it seemed like a pretty central place. 
but yeah, percent. Yeah, yeah, it just sucks to think about how it just doesn't happen anymore. But it's all yeah, that backtrack show that I mentioned was like I think it was like Alpha and Omega, God's Hate, um, backtrack and somebody else. But it was such a fucking cool show. Shows there were so cool. Like I remember it just being so packed. The fire marshal came, and like I don't know. Thinking about that in comparison, to, especially to like right now, right now is is kind of crazy. Was that when they shut the show down? It it is yeah. Backtrack okay. played like three songs. Yeah, I, I remember I was there. Up. I was there that night and people were like freaking out like that that actually happened because it, it's rare for like a, a show to get shut down you know in that manner. So just like thinking back right. about that, yeah, that, that that was crazy. Well, I mean, like people were literally standing on top of each other. So I think you know. It, it kind of got crazy, but whatever. So when I, I think about Modern Color, it uh, you guys kind of have built up this reputation of just always being on tour, which is cool. I'm, I'm always stoked to you know hear that you guys are on the road uh, touring somewhere. So I, I always thought that was awesome. But uh, what was the strategy behind that? Because sometimes uh, I always fear of like you know oversaturation like uh, sometimes you got to give people a chance to to miss you because i feel like sometimes if there's uh you know too much exposure if they feel like you're always like readily like accessible they might not just appreciate you in real time so did did that ever cross your guys's mind or you guys just didn't care and you guys just always wanted to be on the road and just play as much as you can uh i think it's definitely that we don't care like now i'd say we're a little bit more um careful because it is like like as we're getting older it's it's harder to be on tour 24 7 but i mean it's always been this mentality of we don't really care as long as we can play in front of people you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um so uh i mentioned when we first started nobody really wanted to book us and that was like a big a big thing in terms of how i approached everything with mc so like Um, since nobody wanted to really fuck with us, I just started booking everything. So when it came to touring, I was like, we're going to book all of our own things and just be out on the road as much as we can. Um, and it worked out a lot. I feel like, you know, a lot of people who are diehard MC are the people that I've seen so many times, you know, at this random spot in in the u.s you know what i mean i feel like uh it also helped out that we weren't playing like obviously i wasn't going to be booking like major cities so we were playing like a lot of like random places in america and we would do that a lot so like when when these people see that we're coming back um to their towns like multiple times i feel like we created good relationships where they genuinely support us and it's not just like this band that's coming through randomly every three years, you know what I mean? Um, so I think that that mentality helped us a lot. It was just trying to get out on the road as much as possible in front of anybody that we could. Um, yeah. And it was fun. We had a lot of fun doing it. Uh, obviously when you're starting a band and writing the music and just trying to get that process out of the way, you don't really think about, okay, I'm going to try to get us on shows but like, what do I do if people don't want to book us? So can you talk about what that like uh, roadblock was like for you, especially early on for Modern Color? And like, how did you uh, 
hit up these promoters across the U.S. to play these smaller cities. And like the fact that they're willing to take a chance on a newer band, I, I think that's like insane, but also cool at the same time, because I feel like having those genuine, like real connections, like where people wanted to, you know, work with you and fuck with you early on, uh, you know, just on a real connection and not because you guys were the it band at the time. I, I think right. that's really awesome. Yeah, I think um, like it's it's a little bit half and half because I used to work for a record label called Sumerian Records, which is like yeah, okay, for sure. Yeah. I, I I didn't know that. That's cool. Um, like straight, literally straight out of high school, I was super into their whole roster. Mm-hmm. So, uh, I hit them up on fucking Twitter and asked if they were looking for interns, and uh, started an internship with them. But that led to me touring for them um so like i spent the years between like 2012 and like 2015 touring a lot for sumerian um but i wasn't playing music so that's kind of how like i was like behind the scenes like making connections Mm -hmm. i didn't know what i was making connections for you know what i mean but i was just like touring a lot meeting a lot of people um and eventually that's how i started booking tours with mc like when when mc came up and when touring came up um those were the first people like my old connections were the first people that i hit up to be like hey like i got a new band um will you just like will you help me out and do me a favor and a lot of these people really came through for me um so it was half of that so like cold calling my old friends and then also cold calling like complete random strangers that i that i had heard of through other people so it's like i would hit up a friend and they'd be like oh i can't help you out but here's somebody else who might be able to so it was just a lot of that a lot of cold phone calls a lot of introducing myself as like this random person you know like i'm from california i play this in this band like will you please help me out i just want we'll take anything. We literally played for free for a lot of, uh, a lot of these tours. So it's like, and free as in like, there's like no guarantee of money at these shows. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was a lot of that. And, and locally, um, people didn't really want to fuck with us just because they didn't know us. And it's a, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to break into. I feel like if you literally don't know anybody and that's kind of, kind of where we started um, but it was the same deal. Like I had, I went to these shows, I learned, you know, so like I was going to like backtrack at Aladdin junior and then I learned who was, I tried to find out who was booking those shows. You know what I mean? So I, I learned like Nate and SOS, like they're doing a lot of booking. And then I had other friends who are booking DIY shows and I learned who they were and, and the, the venues that were booking, uh, like DIY things. So it was a lot of I guess it wasn't so much like people were literally there like, like, no, I don't want to book you. It was just kind of like, we don't know anybody and we don't even know where to start. So that's kind of like why we couldn't get onto a lot of shows and, and like tours and things like that. But then I started networking and that's kind of like, it was just a lot of cold calling, a lot of like hitting up strangers, which I think more people should do in that sense. Like you got to get out there for your own band, you know? 
Yeah, uh, I, I totally brings me back when I hear you talking about how you're having to, uh, you know, hit up these people that you just made uh, relationships with like a long time ago. Not even on a like, okay, cool, I'm gonna use them as a connect in the future. It's just just natural because you're on tour, just meeting people, and you know that th- that happens. It's normal. You go into a new town, and right. you know, people are around you, and you just uh, you know just eventually make these uh, connections. Uh, that's how I felt when I started this podcast. It was uh, me just kind of thinking like, what the hell. Like who and how can I get people on my podcast? And and, and I always felt guilty. Uh, I, I I always felt guilty in, in the beginning, um, wanting to reach out to people um, who knew somebody that I wanted to get on because I always felt like that was kind of like cheating. But then I kind of right. but then I kind of realized like, okay, no, like sometimes I I have to do that because obviously like not everybody knows who I am or what I'm doing. So if, exactly. So if I uh, if, if there's a connection there, that's like a whole world of difference. So um after a while um if I uh, had to reach out through a mutual friend, I um I, I was more willing and I didn't feel as guilty. But yeah, it's 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 all about uh you know you have to kind of put yourself out there and. Uh, you know, people will want to fuck with you or they, uh, you know, won't. It's definitely, you know, it's up to them. So it's all about, you know, you just have to just go take that chance and try to uh, put yourselves out there. So I, I right. definitely know how that is. Yeah. Like when, uh, when MC first started, I, I didn't want to hit up anybody that I knew through Sumerian at all, just cause I didn't want to be one. I didn't want to look like that guy. That's just like cashing in on all these like connections that he just made, you know? Mm-hmm. And two, I didn't want to, I, I wanted more of my own, like my actions to speak more for me than, than me just like hitting up people. Um, but yeah, I actually quit Sumerian to, to work on MC more. And then after a while of me setting up, like we, okay, we got some music out. We've been playing some shows. That's when I was like, all right, now I feel a little bit more comfortable hitting up my like Sumerian homies to, to help me out. And that's actually how, we got signed to the label that we're on other people records because um tom from straight from the path and jesse from stick to your guns run those uh run the label and uh me and chris because chris used to intern at uh Samarain as well with me me and chris met tom from straight from the path uh doing a gig for for Samarain where we had to drive them a new van and trailer uh, to Utah because their shit had broken down, Stray had broken down at the beginning of the tour. So it's kind of like, I don't know. It it's a lot of like full circle things that happen that that uh that I can appreciate now reflecting back on. But yeah, you know, no, just yeah. hitting up people and fucking making these connections. And I I I feel like it definitely speaks a lot to your character that uh, you know it, it came full circle and that these people still are willing to work with you because obviously there's uh, you know shitty people in the world and if you were shitty to them you obviously wouldn't be in the position that you are now so I, I feel like that's a cool thing that I was able to come full circle. Oh, 100 percent. It's always been the music to me. I'm I'm in it for for music and my homies. You know what I mean? It's it's always been that since day one. I think there are a lot of um unfortunate things that's for sure and me me saying unfortunate i think that's like downplaying it but you know there's a lot of shitty people in the scene lately and i think um more people need to remember that we're we're in it for the love of the music and for each other you know yeah yeah for sure and i 
I don't think we'll ever be able to get rid of all the shitty people. I, I just like to think that in time, like, you know, all the weirdos and fakes and everybody um, eventually get exposed. So I try not to stress out too much about, you know, trying to, you know, just surround myself with good people. I feel like everyone's true intentions, you know, comes out at some point, whether it be, you know, by their choice or them getting caught up or whatever. But, um, you know, I, yeah. So that's why, like, for me, I, I always just, uh, just be who I am. Like I, I'm like totally comfortable with like myself and I, I never try to like, you know, put on a front or, you know, like lie and try to be cool when, when uh, I'm around certain people. I, I would just try to be myself. I feel like that's like the easiest way. I don't have to, you know, put on an act or a personality and um, people are going to like me. People aren't going to like me and, and that's fine. Yeah. That's the biggest thing. Like you can't, you can't come into this, like trying to be some, somebody that you're not, especially with music. Like if you're if you're trying to make music and you're trying to do something that you're not you're not vibing with, like it's it's over before it starts, you know. Like you always got to do it from the heart. Yeah. So, Modern Color, um, you guys have been super active. I I mentioned your your touring, but one thing that I thought was really cool, you guys made it to Japan, which I thought was just like insane. Um, you guys, yeah. uh, you know, uh, took uh, Absence of Mind with you, which was cool. But like, how did that whole thing work out? Were you guys uh, like nervous at all? Did you guys have a fan base in Japan before you went? Like, how did that whole thing come together? Um, we're def- definitely nervous. Like, we, it's a, uh, it was like completely new ground for us. So, being over there was like a whole nervous, anxious, but also really exciting adventure. Um, but maybe like four years ago or three or four years ago um this this dude hero from japan he's a photo uh photo guy from japan but he hit us up randomly or he hit up someone from mc crew and basically was just like yo i love modern color a lot like uh eventually i want to get them over here or like i want to see you guys eventually um so we we kept in touch with hero a lot as this like like this is the one guy we know from some kind of scene over there. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years back, I went to Japan uh, just with my family. And uh, I ended up going to a movie live show in Osaka. Um, I had just, I had heard of the show through Hero actually. And um, he was like, yo, you got to go to the show and you got to meet this guy, Mizuki, because he runs a, a record label out there called Nerds. And I was like, all right, cool. So I went out to uh, I took a train out to Osaka. I saw the movie live. I introduced myself to uh, Mizuki. I was just like, "Yo, I know Hero. Like, like we got to do something. I got a band. Like, eventually we're coming over here." And I'm sure Mizuki was like, "All right, I got to get this kid out of here." You know, but wait, well, um, was he expecting you at all, or did you just go up just because no, Hero no, told no, you? Not at all. No, I was just like, "Hey, my name's Vince. I came from L.A." That's I wanted wild. to introduce myself. <laughs> I'd feel so nervous and be like, shit, this is, this is going to be, you know, either going to be really awesome or I'm going to feel like such an idiot. Yeah. I mean, that's like, I, it, it's a lot of that, but at, to a certain point you just got to be like, Hey, if, if this doesn't work out, it's not going to work out. But at least I can say I tried. Mm-hmm. I definitely had like a beer or two. And then I was like, all right, I'm, I'm going to introduce myself to Mizuki. But, um, I introduced myself and then I fucking bugged the shit out of him on Instagram. I was like, hey, like, I'm that kid. You know what I mean? Like, you you just met me. Here's here's all my fucking band shit. And then um, 
eventually Hero was like, hey, like let's let's actually make this happen. Um, and this was like a year before um, a year before the tour actually happened. So Hero was like, hey, let's let's uh, make this happen. All in the meanwhile, we're touring a lot in in this in the the U.S. And Hero is behind the scenes over in Japan, like telling all his homies about MC and kind of putting in the work over there. So we have, you know, Hero to thank for a lot of this. But Hero hit us back and was like, hey, let's actually make this happen. I'm going to work with uh, Mizuki to set up some dates and uh, we're going to do it. And it, it took a lot of like back and forth and a lot of like, is this actually going to happen? Um, but eventually Hero actually pulled through and he, he did work with Mizuki, but again, like Hero did so much work. He basically did what promoters over here do for overseas bands. Like he set up a lot of DIY shows where he booked the whole show. Like he got the venue, he, he got the bands, he made sure we're taken care of. This guy made sure we had transportation. He drove us around like Japan. Like he put in a lot of work for us. Um, and when it came down to taking absence of mind, that was just me being like, hey, Hero, we want to take our friends with us. Like, is that okay? Like, just me throwing on another hurdle for him. And he took it on no problem. So, yeah, I have we have Hero to thank for pretty much all of that and also Mizuki and his whole crew. You guys are in Japan. You guys are with absence of mind. What was the whole vibe like? Because obviously uh, you guys had never been there before. Absence of mind had never been there before. Uh, do you guys have any expectations? Uh, yeah, it was honestly like, if I'm gonna be real, it was party time the second that we hit ground in Japan. Okay. And like, we met up with, because a lot of the dudes in absence of mine are like our, our close friends, um, in general. So like the second we hit ground and we all met up, we were like going wild. Um, we were just ready to have a good time. We knew that whether the shows were packed or not, we were going to go crazy just because we're in a completely different country with all of our friends from home. You know what I mean? Um, but yeah, we were going wild from day one. I remember before we even made it back to our Airbnb, I had lost my wallet on the subway. So I don't know. It was crazy. A lot of crazy things happened. I had to go back and retrace my steps. Everyone's getting drunk as fuck. Um, yeah. Looking for good food 24-7. It was amazing. Did you recover your wallet? I did. Yo, Japanese people are hella nice, man. They they have a completely different culture over there. Um, somebody found my wallet and turned it in like completely just to the security there. So when I uh when I retraced my steps, I went to straight to the nearest security that was um by the gate that I last had my wallet on. And uh yeah, he had no problem. He was just like, can I see your ID or like, what's what's your name? He like asked me a few questions and then was like, yeah, somebody turned this in. I was like, what the fuck? It had literally like my social security because I, <laughs> I carried this little social security card in there. So it had my social security, like it had all the money I had, like crazy money, crazy things in there and none of it was touched. So I'm thankful for that. Yeah, that's wild. It, it's a, it's a, like my dream to go to Japan. So I, I'm always stoked to hear about anybody's trip uh, who, who's been because I'm, I'm like literally like dying to get out there. And I'm so sad because uh, me and one of my best friends, we had a trip planned 
uh, for like um, early October to to do Japan for the first time. We were, I think we we're going to spend like a whole week there. So we had like all the shit planned, but obviously uh, the way the year turned out, we had to cancel it because there was no way we were going to yeah. get into the country. But man, I, I'm, and I'm still dying to, to get there at some point. So I'm, I'm always interested in hearing what people's experiences were like. Yeah. Yo, when, when everything is cool again, you definitely need to get out there. I recommend it for everybody. It's a completely different world, man. And, um, a lot of people out there are super friendly and super nice. Obviously, you know, keep your wits about you, but they're so welcoming over there. Like, and, and there's so many like unique experiences to be had from, from literally just walking around and, and traveling to like eating to, to video games, to anything that you have interest in. And, um, yeah, they're, they're a completely different breed. We were supposed to go back this, uh, or last, or this September, but, um, yeah, obviously everything got canceled again. Oh, dang. Back to Japan. That's awesome to hear. Yeah. Yeah. Hero again, man. Like hero is, is the guy he's just, he, I think, um, that was the first like little mini tour that he had set up himself and it, it went so well for him that he, uh, is starting to do it more and he was planning to bring us back and also to um, other parts of Southeast Asia. He was actually connecting me with other people like in the same fashion that I mentioned earlier. He was like, this person might be able to help you in Vietnam. This person might be able to help you in the Philippines. So here was my guy. Hell yeah. No, it's so awesome to have somebody in just like the complete, like, you know, different part of the world just riding for you so hard and just wanting to see you succeed. I, I think that's so cool. That's a major part of MC, man. Like I, like we have we have a fucking cool team, and not just people who like, who, try to make money off of us. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of people who are just our friends that ride for us hard, and we're mega grateful for that. Uh, I'm I'm curious who designs your guys' merch. Uh, I have a few people who I go to, um, frequently. One of them is. Gino, who plays drums in Absence of Mine. Okay. Shout he does a lot of our shit. Um, I've gone to a few people recently. There's this dude named Freddie, who's uh, a big homie of mine. He goes by Salad New York on Instagram. He's done a few recent things. Um, i trying to remember. There's this dude, Jesse Feynman. I think he's from Virginia. Um, but he did a recent um design for us too that that did really well it's mainly those those few dudes that i go to i'm i'm literally always looking for new people to work with so it's like i'm just trying to find cool people to work with it doesn't matter who they are okay because there's one design that i think is so amazing and being a, a fan of anime and seeing it like tied into like hardcore culture and seeing bands uh, like all sorts of different bands uh using uh you know different animes uh for designs like i i i used to think um uh, the cold world um the evangelion rip was like the best yeah but then like uh you guys have the uh modern color fully coolie design and i think yeah. that's like like just just uh who you chose for the design and just how simple it is i think that's like my favorite anime like design in hardcore of all time right now that's that's a gino join he he fucking killed that shit and um we've always like we've always wanted to do something like that, but we've always been also very wary of like a lot of people doing rips of the same nature. So we just didn't want to do something that was like too on the nose, but all of us love fully Cooley. I think Chris was the only one who hadn't really like heard of it, but um, we got him on it after, but 
yeah, just like watching Fooly Cooly and a bunch of other shows on late night Adult Swim and shit and Cartoon Network. That was that was our jam. Yeah, and uh, for as popular as it is, I don't see like um, it getting like a lot of love, like you know, in like the hardware community. So seeing that you guys um, are obviously aware and you guys uh, tapped into that, I, I thought it was so cool because like that anime is just. Uh, I, I just love the story. It's kind of wacky. It's fun. Uh, you know. Yeah, it's not too serious. It's yeah. like it's like almost a little bit uh, self-aware that it's kind of like a wacky thing. And yo, the the music from um, from the pillows, which is another Japanese treasure, man. That mm-hmm. that band rules. So it's like a lot of a lot of things that we connect with on Fully Cooly. For sure. And if anybody listening, if you've never heard of Fully Cooly or ever or haven't seen it do yourself a favor go seek it out it's short it's sweet it's awesome super short super short and just fun okay so uh and I, obviously um, we're mainly talking about modern color we'll get to your other bands but modern color has played some awesome shows uh you guys were on that little run with vane which i thought was crazy because you look at vane yeah. uh like you got to put them up there like one of the biggest bands in hardcore right now just uh you know the the, the shows the festivals that they've played like the the good records they put out. So I, I thought that was like insane and cool for you guys to, to be on that run. Yeah. Vane is fucking awesome. Like those are our literal boys, like mm-hmm. homies. Um, and that came through from, um, I think like in 2017, we toured with this band called frail body and, uh, we were coming through Utah. So I just hit up like I usually do like, the one or two people I knew who booked shows in uh, Utah and they ended up um, booking a twitching tongues vein show. And I was like, yo, I will literally, we'll, we'll play that show. No problem. You know what I mean? I don't care if people don't like us, we'll play that show. So I got MC and frail body on that show and um, we ended up kicking and clicking with vein immediately. And uh, I'm pretty sure it happened that night, but, uh, Matt, who plays in Vane, was just like, yo, we're going to take you guys out on tour one day. And I was like, okay, for sure. And then, you know, sure enough, two years later, he, he gives me the same call and he's like, yo, you guys want to do this shit? I'm like, yes, 100%. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, those guys are fucking cool, man. I love them. And you guys uh, played a show at Chain. Uh, it was uh, it was a, I think it was kind of like a benefit show for the Autism Society. It was like headlined by Movements, uh, Dare. Yeah initiate zulu I, I i thought that was insane because obviously like that was like two nights um and you guys were on was it, was it the sunday or the saturday I, I can't remember um uh yeah i think it was the second day and just that lineup and obviously uh, a lot of local bands uh you know all uh, southern california and just the the different mix of sounds i, I thought was super awesome because if, if you look at just movements zulu just how different they are and then you know throwing you guys in the mix to to make it even more interesting i i thought it was like such a cool lineup yeah i gotta thank uh pat for movements for that because i i bugged the shit out of him to to get us on the show we like um mc and then and movements started up around the same time and we have like similar circles of friends basically everybody on that show are like we're all homies so it like worked out in that way that we're just all down to play. And, um, when I bugged Pat about it, everybody was down. We're thankful for that. That was definitely a really cool show. And, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Like to my knowledge the, the last show, like, you know, uh, to happen at uh, Aladdin to my knowledge was the show that you guys played with seasons change. Uh, maybe 
I think it, it might have been PBW at the time already. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Well, I, I I always call it Aladdin. I I don't know. Why I've never called it PBW. Okay, um, Aladdin Juniors, but then it turned to PBW. But yeah, um, from my knowledge, that's the last thing that I could remember happening there. Because I Wait, really, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, because I I love Seasons Change and uh, you know seeing um, you guys on there, and then obviously it was a cool mix with Momentum, uh, Jinx. Yeah. But yeah, like I don't think there was a show to happen there after that. Well, not in like our realm, like hardcore pop punk or anything like that. Right. If I'm wrong, yeah, somebody crazy. out there correct me, but. Shout out PBW and Aladdin Jr. and Nate from SOS and all the cool shit that happened there. Did you know yeah. those guys from Seasons uh, Seasons Change? Uh, not not super well, except for Josh, who used to play guitar, or he did play guitar for Seasons Change, and then um, he also plays for for Momentum now and Vamakara and um, Constrict and a bunch of other bands. But me and Josh are are good homies so um i think when he was like planning the seasons change like um reunion i don't know if it was like a reunion show or like a, i think it was like an anniversary of their release mm-hmm. um but when he was planning that out he he hit mc up or he hit me up immediately which is cool yeah i'm, I'm, I'm actually bummed that they didn't really uh take off as like i, I thought they would because remember that they were on that uh turnstile the non-stop feeling tour they were yeah they did a lot of cool shit i think um uh they were like primed and ready to do a lot of things and something happened i can't really remember they were about to go to japan that's another uh little connection because when i went to japan um i had used this connection that mizuki has with josh and seasons change because mizuki put out a seasons change record on nerds Mm -hmm. so i was just like hey like I also know Josh and, you know, those are my boys. Um, but yeah, it was pretty funny. They were, they were doing a lot of big things. I think, um, they had some like difficulties with members where they just couldn't all tour or something, but yeah, it's a shame. Yeah. Cause I, I enjoyed the the music that they wrote and I had high hopes for them, but yeah, they like, you know, were on that tour and then they're playing shows here and there, but then, yeah, then it just kind of fizzles out and it just like, it, it just bums me out when I see a band with potential and like, you know, putting out good music and then they just kind of, you know, uh, for their own reasons, obviously, uh, you know, just, uh, just have to call it quits or, you know, go on hiatus yeah. or whatever. So it's always a bummer. It is. Sometimes it's, um, Sometimes cool music comes out of that, though. So I try to appreciate them as they come. Okay. I want to talk about the last time I saw Modern Color. It was uh, back in January, which is crazy to think. So I I actually got to see you guys this year. It was the Dare uh, tape release. Do you remember that night? Oh, yeah. At at Program. Yeah. Another fucking awesome show. It almost got uh, shut down, which I thought was crazy because yeah. that, that guy got knocked out uh, like right at the end of that Zulu. Was it at the end of the Zulu set or during the Zulu set? Yeah, it was, it was like it's probably like third or second to last song of, of Zulu set. And uh, some dude just got absolutely laid out and he's OK, thankfully. But yeah. that was really scary. I think he he like had a, a seizure or something on the ground or something. He, he like hit the hit the ground pretty hard and everybody was like pretty scared for a second. Yeah, I remember I was just I was up front, just minding my own business like I always do, just right there by the one of the record stands. And then uh, I just hear people freaking out because there was some guy on the floor and I was like, holy shit, like he got knocked out. And then it got scary. I I felt like really bad when I saw the kids like mom show up because like the the ambulance and then like the mom got there at the same time. I'm like, fuck, I really hope that guy's okay because like you know you think or you're hoping you know somebody gets knocked out of the show. Cool. They'll like recover, maybe have like a little bit of uh 
brain trauma, but nothing too crazy. But to see a kid get put on a stretcher and like ambulances come and uh, it was just like, damn, like hopefully that, that yeah. gets okay. It was just like, yeah. It was it, 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 yeah. And just seeing his mom and shit, that was just like bummed me out. So hopefully, uh, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't happen again. But that show was so fun and like such a cool night too. Yeah. There's a fucking awesome band, man. Angel, Anaya, fucking Aaron, everybody out of there is fucking cool, man. Like, I have a lot of um, appreciation for them, and like when they hit us up for shows, it's it's cool. Yeah, it's, I, it's I love. Yeah, I, I got a lot a lot of love for that band, not just because they're from Orange County, but uh, you know, I, I've had Angel on the podcast. I respect him, love the band, and I'm definitely stoked to hear that that new record that they're putting out soon. Yeah. Angel is um because we're all in a big group chat together and Angel has sent some clips of it and it's it sounds fucking cool. I think this is like, you know, everybody says it, but I think this is their best stuff that they've done, hundred percent. Okay, so I, I'm curious about the the Bandcamp. It, it doesn't seem like it's up to date because obviously, uh, 2020 you guys put out a new record from the leaves of your garden, but it's not on your guys' Bandcamp. Is that is it because it's on the label's Bandcamp or you guys um, are going to eventually put it on your own? Um, I honestly, I think it's due to some, uh, distribution, like digital distribution, um, hoops that are, uh, holding us back from putting it on Bandcamp for some reason. I gotta, I gotta talk to, to the MC team about that, but, um, there's something holding us back. I I can't really remember. I should probably get on that. Uh, but I jam it on Spotify. I think, um, that that's like my favorite release from you guys because uh enjoy the other stuff but like when i listen to uh the the latest record i I feel like i I can uh just kind of well it seems like you guys like matured as like musicians and it seems like you kind of like you know found like you know some solid footing with this sound and uh just front to back i i think it's like super awesome thank you man yeah um i think uh this is with with from the leaves of your garden it was the first time that we felt a lot of our ideas like converging and coming together in a way that like not only felt natural, but like felt really good. Like we're, we're happy with the stuff that we've released before, Mm -hmm. but um, looking back on it, it was a lot of like, we're still trying to figure out what works for us and what doesn't. We're we're still trying to like convey a lot of like ideas that we've been wanting to, but from like an old time in our life. And now with From the Leaves of Your Garden, it's a lot of these new ideas and um, ideas that have come out of experience more, you know, and not necessarily come out of just from us wanting to do it simply just to do it. Like a lot of this was uh, concentrated for sure. Yeah. And I'm so glad you guys came back with the full length because uh obviously back in 2017 you guys had the last release which was um also full length so to, to see a, another one a couple years later i i think it's awesome because sometimes bands want to space things out with like promos or eps or even take an extended uh you know uh, break between records so for you guys to come back three years later with uh another full length uh, and a solid one i, I think i like i said I, I think this is like my favorite release from you guys i, I could listen to it front to back I, I think it's like super awesome thank you um a lot of these tracks actually are from that same time. Like we, I think if, if not one of the tracks probably was a demo or something that didn't make the last album. Mm -hmm. And then, um, 
we were just constantly writing like uh um yeah it was it was never a thing for us to to want to slow down or take our take our time in that sense that sounds like we were rushing but we weren't we just wanted to keep things moving you know yeah and i'm always curious like about like bands process because like sometimes i'll look at a band's like discography and i'll feel like they had done it right like you know time things out or, or just maybe like even in real time i'm like all right cool like i've been ready for like another album but then sometimes i'll be listening to a band and uh they'll put out a record and then not too long after maybe like a year later they'll announce the next record and they'll push that like crazy and act like the one before that didn't really exist and that that always right. kind of like confuses me because i'm like damn it like i'm still trying to bond with like the record you just put out and now i have to prep yeah. for this new one like like give me some time but uh but it's not always the case because some bands i'm like fuck yeah like let's go i'm ready for new music but then other bands i'm just like uh oh, i think this might have been like too soon so it's always weird for me to think about like uh, uh how it's different for every band but like you know obviously i feel like three years is uh you know pretty sufficient amount of time between records hundred percent. And so much happened in that three years, like, uh, us going to Japan, for example, and mm-hmm. going to Europe and putting out one record or, a a seven inch and like doing a lot of touring in, in the States. I think, um, I don't know. I don't know if we meant to wait three years, but I think a lot of stuff just happened naturally and we grew a lot naturally and, a lot of it has come through and from the leaves, which is cool. Um, but at the same time, like what you just mentioned with uh, like things getting lost when you're trying to keep the momentum going, I feel like right now with COVID and uh, shows not happening, touring not happening, it's a lot of um, like wanting to put out new material, but also not wanting to forget about what we just put out, which is, uh, it sucks, but you know, we're recording um, next month, which is cool. We got some new stuff in the works, and uh, it feels good. I don't know. It this year has a lot has been a lot of like like uneasiness, just because we're putting out this album that is like super important to us, mm-hmm. and uh, we just don't want it to get lost, you know. But I feel like at the same time, there's just like a lot of other really important things, obviously, happening in the world, and. I don't want to be the guy that's like, Hey, listen to my album. Like, you know, yeah. it sucks. No, trying I, to find balance is like the key thing right now. I, I totally feel that I'm like, yeah. And I'm so curious for like a, a band like modern color, obviously you guys are normally really busy, super active. And for you to put out this record and not be able to have that normal modern color schedule with touring and playing like a bunch of shows and just, you know, getting the record out there and just, you know, just having uh you know your relationship with the people who listen to your music and have that whole thing grow as you guys are out there on the road but the fact that this year you had you put out this record but you couldn't really do anything with it is strange and now you just mentioned you guys are about to record new music like that is crazy like how are you going to balance like um the record you just put out that you haven't really been able to play in front of people live then like this new stuff that you're recording are you gonna like wait till 2021 to put it out or are you going to just put it out right when you're done? Like, how does this whole thing work? Because I'm so curious. This is really interesting because it, it reminds me of, uh, and I'm like a huge Taylor Swift fan. And she oh, yeah. uh, she had put out, um, God, now uh, she had put out uh, Lover. And right, is that the name of the record? Now I'm like drawing up. Like, now I'm like second guessing myself. I guess I'm not the biggest Taylor Swift fan, even though I have a, <laughs> I have a Taylor Swift tattoo for a lot of people that are uh, curious. Um, God, 
yeah lover why did i even second guess myself okay so she put out lover and she had and normally this is like her, her thing she'll she'll put out a record she'll do like a world tour whatever i had tickets to lover fest in la but it got canceled right so it got canceled she didn't really get to tour too much because she did play some shows like overseas and did things here and there to promote the record but didn't get to do the normal like you know full u.s tour on the record and then uh lockdown happens and then she surprises everybody with uh the new album folklore which she wrote during quarantine and it's like holy shit she's sitting basically sitting on two records that she hasn't really got to tour on so like what is this going to be like when things do open back up and she gets to get out in front of people's faces like is she going to do like a like a combined tour or like what i'm just so uh, curious so like going back to you guys um you're kind of in that similar situation um yeah i mean like it sucks that's that's partially why I'm bummed about this year. Well, there's a lot of reasons to be bummed about this year, but mm-hmm. we had a lot planned with with the From the Leaves album cycle that, you know, we were supposed to do a uh, full US with Gleamer and a bunch of our friends like Gleamer Downward. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were supposed to do Southeast Asia and Japan. We had plans to go to Europe. Um, and all of that kind of, you know, understandably went down the drain. But um, it's been a, a a struggle and at the same time a good struggle to try to find the balance between what to do now. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I feel like the downtime made – like it forced a lot of people to reflect on what they're doing and why they're doing it. Um, so for MC to – you know, all we went through the same thing, all of us, you know, as as musicians and as people, you know, a lot of us uh, live paycheck to paycheck. I live at home with my parents to make touring work. You know what I mean? So like when when something like this happens, it's like a very stark realization of like, hey, like this might not be sustainable. But we did that reflection and MC, MC is still a thing. So it's, it's cool for us to be able to come through that reflection and be a stronger band and have more of like a focus on like, Hey, when, when this thing is, when everything is okay, again, we're going to be touring as much as we can as if from the leaves was just put out yesterday. You know what I mean? That we're going to push everything and we're going to play music and we're going to play in front of everybody that we can. Um, this new music that we're recording next month definitely probably won't come out for a little bit. Um, maybe like spring or summer of next year, but we're trying to find a balance. I think, um, we're just waiting for touring to come back. I feel like a lot of bands are waiting for touring to come back right now. Um, and trying to create as much music as we can in the meantime. I'm curious what your experience was like, uh, working with SOS. You guys, uh, were a part of their series because they've been doing these live Q and A's and then um, they'll have bands do uh, live sets. Can you talk about what your experience was like doing that? Uh, yeah. SOS is awesome. I mean, they've, they've booked us on a lot of different shows and, uh, in the past and we've been super grateful to have that working relationship with them. Um, but this live stream was cool. It was like more of just like us playing a set at a normal venue and that being live streamed. Uh, we probably could have done some more cool production stuff with it. Um, but we were kind of like a little last minute with it on our part. Like SOS set up a lot of stuff so that we could do uh, cool production for it. Um, but yeah, it was cool. It, 
it's only the second live stream thing that we've done as a band. Um, so we're still kind of like warming up to things like that. Um, but it was fun. I think um, it's it's a good little like relief from everything going on, just being able to play on a stage and with with my friends. I enjoy the live sets, like the the streams, but uh, it's just like part of me is just like I don't want this to be the norm. Obviously, I'd yeah. I'd much rather you know be there in person and just uh, be in that environment because nothing beats like the vibe of being at a real show and feeling the energy from the band and the crowd. So it's just like yeah, I I'm definitely miss that so much. A hundred percent, and like that's that's part of the struggle right now. It's like we want to be super excited about these live streams, but at the same time, it's like we know that something is missing and it's just like the, the social interaction, like the energy we get from people being in the room with us. So obviously you know that you have fans around the world, but what's it like when you see uh, fans getting like tattoos of like, you know, modern color themed tattoos. I feel like that's like gotta be like a crazy feeling to just like look at somebody like, Holy shit. You like, you know, permanently marked your body with something that represents our band. That that's why. <laughs> right. It's fucked up, man, because, like, like, I have tattoos, and me thinking about getting a modern color tattoo, even as me being in the band, is kind of like, that's like that's a commitment, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like someone else, seeing someone else take that commitment is literally mind-blowing. I remember sending a, a screenshot to the MC chat, and we were just like, for, for a good minute, we were like, yo, what the fuck? Like, somebody actually did this? Um, but at the same time, it's it's so cool, man, like, we're we're always like undyingly grateful for these kinds of people who are willing to ride for us that hard because that's really why we're successful right now you know what i mean Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who who support us for sure but it's really those diehards that that are keeping us going and who will um probably show up when when this quarantine ends you know what i mean they'll be the first to come out to our shows which which is fucking cool man we're always grateful for those people Oh yeah, no, it's it's cool to hear, and it's cool to see that um, you have that kind of impact to to you know have people want to get tattoos of your band, uh, and it's crazy to think that like you know you can have that kind of impact on on anybody. So so it's definitely cool to see, and it, you know to me it shows like uh, obviously people care, and you guys are doing good stuff. Yeah, man, it's it's cool. That's always like it's not not like an intentional goal, but like you know we want to do cool things with our music that are also like positive in in ways even though even if we're like crazy people and you know like doing crazy things but we always want to keep it 100 percent with our music and our playing and and uh for like the the community i guess that we we play in we always want to be able to be a positive force okay well want to switch gears you we mentioned it like way early on you also played drums for military gun Can you talk about how you linked up with everybody in that band and how that came together because uh to me i was surprised when i saw people you know posting the the demo and then my life is over so it, it was definitely like a cool thing to see because uh, i'm always interested in new bands popping up and just seeing like what people have to offer so i'm just curious how you guys came together to start this band um yeah so ian has always been someone that i admire just like work wise music wise Mm -hmm. ian he plays in regional justice um and a number of other bands um but ian was playing 
I think for a band called Woolworm, he, he had booked a tour for them and was filling in on drums. Um, and I think it was this year, the beginning of this year, we played a show together in Long Beach. Um, and, uh, that was like the first time that we had like met, met, but before we had knew each other, like mutually kind of like online through other friends and stuff like that. But, um, essentially when we linked up there, we were like, Hey, we're going to, Ian was like, we're going to do a band together. Like we'll, we'll figure something out. And, uh, eventually when it came, came down to it, he hit me up to play drums for military gun, which is a project that was basically born out of the quarantine for him. Like just him being a creative workhorse and trying to put out as much music as he can, even though he can't do other things. But yeah, I'm grateful that he hit me up and it's been a cool experience getting to work with all those dudes. And do you normally get those kind of offers a lot or people hitting you up like, Hey, like let's start a band. Cause obviously I, I in my mind, I, I'm probably wrong. Who knows? But when I look at like people trying to start a band, I always feel like for some reason, like finding a drummer, like is always like the, the big hurdle yeah, like, that people can't seem to get over. So like for you being like a really good drummer, uh, you know, around a, a lot of people who like, you know, playing bands and stuff, do you get those kind of offers a lot like behind the scenes? Sort of. Yeah. I get a lot of people who not necessarily ask me to like be a full on part of the project, but you know, a lot of people who ask me to play on their recordings or, um, fill in or help them out, which is cool. I'm, I'm grateful for that. Cause it's just another opportunity for me to play music and play with my friends. Um, but yeah, I think, um, this time was definitely more of like a concentrated, like me and Ian want to, want to fucking start a band together mm-hmm. and, uh, it's cool that military gun is, is a project that we're working on. Cause, uh, we have an LP coming out hopefully pretty soon, but I'm really excited about that. That's like, that's actually the first time that, uh, I'm on recorded music for military gun. Cause everything so far has just been Ian playing everything and recording everything. Mm-hmm. But this LP coming out soon is, is the full band, which I'm really excited about. And you say soon, like 2020 soon or 2021. We're hoping we're we're trying to figure out release plans right now. Talking to a lot of people, getting things lined up. Ian's doing a lot of uh, behind the scenes work right now. I Hopefully think... this year, but m- most likely next year. That'd be insane. Three releases in one year. That's <laughs> that's so yeah, wild. That'd be, that'd be super crazy. <laughs> yeah, but hey, whatever. Just uh, you know, you got to stay busy. Get that shit out there because you know, new band started uh, during this time. Haven't been able to play any shows what other way just to flood us with uh you know new cool music fuck it yeah and it's it's been cool seeing the the crazy response that mg has gotten uh without playing literally any shows or or having any kind of like live stream or anything like that um we're just we're ready for when when shows come back that's another another band that's waiting for touring to come back because when it does we're going to be out the gates on the road 24 7 too hell yeah that's that's awesome and i, I and this is like what those times where I like I, I love social media because uh that's how i found out about the band is just seeing people like repost the stuff when it dropped and i was like oh cool uh, like another new band for me to check out because that's like how i find out about like a lot of new music besides like people telling me straight up like hey like got this new band going check it out is like i'll, I'll just see people like the, the people that i follow just retweeting or you know posting up links uh you know just trying to help their friends out so i'm just like cool this is awesome because i sometimes I'll, I'll like go and try to like you know see what's new go check out like playlist or see who's posting about what but it's like 10 times easier when i'm just scrolling through my feed board and then i see a link i'm like all right cool this can like save me from my boredom i can actually go and check out some new 
and you know get into some new stuff so it's, so it's always cool so shout out to social media for that yeah straight up there's a lot of um terrible things about social media but <laughs> the one one of the shining things is that there's a lot of uh good music that's sharing around sometimes I'll, I'll be scrolling through twitter and like i'll see like the just like the most like insane meme like something that i would never even think of because i'm not like a comedian i'm not funny or any of that so right. but i'm scrolling through twitter and i see like the most like ridiculous meme i kind of just like pause and i'm like okay this is why i love the internet because like this shit would never like you know be anywhere else but here and this is this is why i keep this it's like yeah i see some of the craziest things man i i don't know how people think of this stuff um but yeah, there's su- there's such extremes too. Sometimes it's like crazy and like a like holy shit, this is so funny. But then it's like a cr- there's another crazy there where it's like this is the darkest or like most fucked up thing I've seen today, and I don't want to see it again. Okay, yeah. Um, want to switch gears? Obviously, I I follow you on Twitter, and I'm pretty sure I follow you on Instagram as well. But I I saw uh your tweet last night um, you have a twitch channel which i think is pretty interesting because i i think uh last year uh twitch wasn't even like a thing that would be talked about a whole lot in like the like hardcore sphere but obviously with uh, people like uh, hey five six sos doing these like live streams and being on twitch it's become like way more normal for somebody to have a, a twitch channel so to to see you posting about it and uh, being close to being an affiliate with twitch i i think is pretty cool can you talk about like what was like your inspiration to start a twitch channel um honestly it's just because i play video games so much and a lot of my other friends stream so they've been like kind of getting on me to start streaming too just because like we have the time right now and i might as well try um so that's that's mainly the the inspiration behind it like me just wanting to play video games with my friends and have more fun with it um but yeah like it's been fun i guess it's it's a completely new experience for me and i have no idea what i'm doing with any of it Mm -hmm. but it's just been it's been fun like you know just starting a stream when i'm normally just playing video games with my friends so it's cool to like have that platform i guess to have fun with and do you play anything else besides call duty because that was what i saw you playing last night uh right now is call of duty is all i really play but i used to be in the apex of a fuck ton like but i suck ass now because i've i've been playing call of duty too much and that shit fries my brain but um apex is definitely something i want to get back into i started out gaming on pc so like i sort of want to build a pc now and game on the pc again Mm -hmm. um but yeah call of duty right now is is my main my main jam Okay. See, um, I I play like uh, games with my buddy Nate a lot. Shout out Nate. And I suck at Call of Duty. Like I'm terrible. Like I've never been good at Call of Duty. So I, I always like push for us to play Apex because I feel like I'm like way better at Apex than Call of Duty. So that's like something that I'm like you know super into. And it's even better now because um, Apex. They just like I, like I think like a couple of weeks ago they released like a crossplay. So uh, you know, yeah, yeah. So th- that makes it like way easier because I play on PC. My buddy Nate has a PC, but he like loves to play on his Xbox. So his like his Apex account on his Xbox is like way more advanced than his PC account. So it's like now uh, it's way better because um, he can use that account and he feels like you know, it helps him out a lot because of the stupid skins or whatever. But I don't think it's that big of a difference. But <laughs> but but it's cool. I, yeah. I, I, I fucking love Apex. With all these times and skins, I can get it because, you know, sometimes you put on a, 
a cool skin and you're like, all right, now I'm, I'm ready to kill people, you know? Yeah. It, it's funny. I get it. It, it's definitely like a mental thing, but it, 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 I, I definitely get that too. So it's like, cause um, I, I started uh, playing video games like, you know, like hardcore console gamer. And then uh, just a couple of years ago, I built like my first PC. So then like now I like transition. So now like when I play shooters, I'll use my keyboard and mouse. But when I play games like Fall Guys or um, any like platformers or whatever, I'll, I'll just use a controller. Yeah. Um, I used to play like Counter-Strike a lot when I was a kid. And my dad actually used to own an internet cafe. So like oh wow, I was like super into gaming on PC back in the day. And me doing these Twitch uh, streams and shit lately has been sort of inspiring me to get back into PC gaming. But in the back of my head, I also like know I have a lot of other shit to take care of. So <laughs> I don't know if I should be spending more time gaming than I already do. You got to, this is what you do, get a laptop so in the future you can game on the go when you're on tour. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Honestly. See, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm hoping Twitch can get to the point for to where I'm like, having fun and maybe like somebody donates me like a hundred bucks you know because that would be dope and then i can just do that every once in a while <laughs> dude yeah it, it could happen it, it, it's it, it's so random so i uh, i feel like with twitch it, it's always uh, fun to just kind of pop in and see other it's, it's always fun for me to watch other people play video games because obviously you do things in a certain way but I, I always find it interesting to see how other people will like you know take like a different approach on the same situation right. So. Yeah, and sometimes it's just like it's cool to see somebody uh, just being themselves, you know, and like getting into their mind in that in that way, you know, the way that they play games and shit. Because uh, some of the streamers that I watch on Twitch are, I watch because they have like a cool personality. It's cool to see that character come to life in their stream. You know what I mean? Yeah, and honestly, it's like sometimes there's a lot of pressure because I, I used to uh, stream like I'll, I'll stream randomly here and there, but I don't do it as much as I used to. But like I get like nervous like when I see like the number count going up in like views, I'm like, oh, shit, like I, I better not suck. And then I just like, you know, crack <laughs> yeah, under the, the pressure. pressure yeah, it, 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 it's it's crazy, but it's fun. It, it's, it's definitely like a cool platform. I you know enjoy Twitch. I, you know, I'll, I'll watch people on like YouTube gaming, whatever. So it's just like it's, it's always fun. Oh, yeah. But man, um, are you living in LA? Because I honestly, I, I I didn't even ask like where you're currently at. Yeah, I live in uh in uh, Redondo Beach, which is LA County. Okay. Um, it's like by Manhattan Beach, Hermosa, San Pedro, mm -hmm. Torrance. Uh, it's like the South Bay is what this like little area that I live in is called. And MC reps the South Bay pretty hard, but kind of. Kind of ironically, but not ironically anymore. It used to be like a very bro thing to like be like, oh yeah, we're from the South Bay. Oh really? But, yeah, I don't know. I just like growing up. I remember a lot of like uh, <laughs> like biker bros and like like people who only listen to fucking like Pennywise and fucking Social Distortion. Be like, yeah, we're we're from the South Bay. Like we're cooler than you. And then in my head, I was like, I'm going to take that from you. So MC is going to rep the South Bay now. But now it's kind of like we're unironically like, yo, South Bay. <laughs> we have like the same South Bay pride that probably those those fools used to. Yeah. Now you just kind of you understand you're a little bit older. Yeah. And... Now we're like, OK, like, you know, uh, to be honest, like the South Bay has a lot of fucking <laughs> weird, terrible people in it. Like 
in terms of like the demographic it's like a bunch of like rich beach people so like when we when we say we're from the south bay it's more like the south bay that we like you know like this is our south bay not their south bay okay so for somebody being on the outside when i think of like south bay i i think of like just going to like sunken city right that, that's part of like where you're from right yeah yeah that's yeah. in san pedro yeah so it's just like oh like friends like who've never been there like from out of town like oh like have you ever heard of like sunken city can we go check it out and i'm like sure we can go check it out like to me like it, it's cool but it's just like i feel like i get over it like so fast because it's not like a whole lot you you know it's just like a little area that it's like all yeah these, it's like, like it's a it's a super hot tourist attraction essentially now just like a I think it, it was like a highway that got um, broken down and eroded. Um, but yeah, that that area in, in general is pretty cool, though. Um, that area is like in between uh, San Pedro and and like Torrance. There's a uh, city called Palos Verdes. And it's just like a, a coastal, like pseudo tropical area. Um, but MC actually named a, uh, a release after it. Portuguese Bend, which is like a portion of the coast around there. It's beautiful, honestly. I get why people want to go there all the time. It's just it's annoying when when that's all they know about. When I go up there, like I just love seeing that house that was in Five Hundred Days of Summer. Right. Because like my friends, like or whoever I'm with, I'll always have to point that out. I'm like, all right, cool. Like Second City is cool, but like I, I like just looking at this house like way more because it's just to me it's just like it's so crazy that it's just right there, like you know, in the park. Yeah, that's a, it's like a weird area. It's a there's a lot of like mystery to it. Like um back in the day it used to be a fucking dump. Like a lot of uh like a literal dump. Like uh I think in like the 50s or the 60s um like just trash used to get dumped there and like there's a lot of stories of uh old like mob people like dumping bodies there and shit. So it's a it's a mysterious place a little bit. But then now it's like a super wealthy area where there's a lot of nice houses, a lot of celebrities. Um, and it's, I don't know. It's got like such a, an aura to it, which is why we love it a lot. And probably why a lot of other people love it. I had no idea about like it used to being a dump. I, I kind of want to look into that and you know, look into the history. Cause that sounds pretty interesting. Yeah. I mean, I don't know um, like too much into it, but I definitely, uh, heard a lot of stories about it just being a trash heap and not a nice area like it is now because now it's it's a super wealthy area Mm -hmm. well damn vince i want to thank you for taking the time to come on the podcast because this is this has been really cool you know just uh you know first time ever having like a legit like real conversation with you this is like you know uh blew my expectations out of the water so i I just want to thank you but before we sign off, is there anything else you want to shout out or plug? Uh, not really, I guess. You know, keep on fucking sharing new music that's coming out. Keep on making new music. Shout out Modern Color and Military Gun. Thank you for having me on. I love talking, so it's just, it's cool for me to just be able to talk. I probably rambled a lot, so sorry about that, but, you know. <laughs> that's all good we'll we'll have you back uh in the future maybe when military gun puts out that lp or maybe when modern color does their next release yeah 100 percent. i'm right. always down so just hit me up hell yeah all right well thank you guys again for tuning in this has been another episode of the jamie k podcast always on top